Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So I'm just looking at emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and there's a great deal of interest in the issue we're going to be doing on political correctness in the next hour. We talked to Shaki Curl, the executive director of uh, Angus Reid Polling, on 80% of Canadians saying they have no interest or not in- no interest, but they they challenge political correctness. They feel like uh, nobody you know you can't say anything anymore. That's what essentially is being said by a significant majority of Canadians. And I, and I said to you that I was going to be um, talking about the, well, including the conversation, the fact that the Peel District School Board, just as I Toronto, a big school board, is going to be uh, refusing the to allow sweaters bearing sports logos of certain pro teams like the Chicago Blackhawks and the uh, Washington Redskins and the Atlanta Braves from being uh, worn in school because it can be hurtful, according to the director of education. And and I mentioned that I'd uh, received um, emails yesterday from listeners who self-identify as North American Indians, and I've been challenged on that. Who would identify as an Indian, writes Rob. Well, just going to read this to you because it's one of the emails that I received from Rick. Hi, Roy. I'm an Ojibwe Indian from Curve Lake First Nation. What the hell are you and Tim complaining about? That was my guest from Chicago Sports Radio yesterday. We Indians don't care about the team logos of Washington, Chicago, Kansas City, or Atlanta. We're thick-skinned, and that's something we don't think about. Do you know what we think about? Poisonous water on our reserves, suicides on our reserves, murdered Indian women, etc. You people are white. Why the heck are you feeling all politically correct about something that doesn't concern you? Go Blackhawks, go Redskins, go Braves, go Chiefs. What's next? Feeling bad for the Blue Jays? Great show, as always. Thank you, Rick, and I respect Rick's point of view. And he and I are going to be communicating after I get back from my vacation. He has laryngitis now. Otherwise, we would have done the show yesterday. So next hour, we get into that politically correct conversation. Even though the numbers of women entering Canadian police services are increasing, uh, they are no match for existing old boys' networks. And that is according to Western University sociology PhD candidate Leslie Bikos. Uh, Leslie... Um, is a Ph.D. candidate in sociology. She's a former City of London police officer. That's as in Ontario, not the U.K., at least I think it is. And her, um, uh, Leslie, is it a thesis from here to zero, policing the police? Uh, no, it's I took the blue pill is the thesis. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us. 
Paul, thank you for having me. It's an issue that we have discussed at great length with police officers and civilian police employees from the RCMP and most recently with the Calgary Police Service. And one of my guests has been, over a period of time, Toya Montague, RCMP civilian employee with the highest possible security clearance. And she's, a, as I said, a member of uh, one of the one of the members of the group of women police officers and police service employees who have been speaking on the program, and she's with us today. Hi, Atoya. Hi, Roy. It's good to have you back with us. Thank you. Because I, I want to start with you, and then I'm going to get right to Leslie, but Sheila Fraser's um, investigating on behalf of the Federal Minister of Public Safety of the Environment the toxic workplaces that exist in police services, by the way, the media director of the Mounted Professional Police Association was on this program a few weeks ago, and he agrees that the situation is toxic, and he agrees sexual harassment is taking place in the in the RCMP. So has anything positively evolved over the last couple of weeks as far as Sheila Fraser's involvement with the issue is concerned that you're aware of? Well, I know she's working on it full stop, and she has a full-time employee working with her, and they're very responsive, and they read over all our material and everything we've sent them, and they confirm, yes, we've got it, we're looking at it. I'm meeting with her in Ottawa next week. I have three days scheduled with her. I look forward to those meetings. I think she, and they, I know they've been to RCMP headquarters for meetings. Um, so they're, you know, their sleeves are rolled up, they're digging in, and they're going to go, I believe, very deep and really highlight the issues. Yeah. But what Leslie's studies are going to help, really help emphasize, is what's at the root cause of the problem. Because so far we've been looking at solutions that are kind of band-aids, like let's increase recruitment or let's do some online reporting system that's autonomous. That's not getting to why it's happening, because you can't fix the culture until you really understand what's driving that culture and why policing is lagging so far behind in gender equality and respect in the workplace. Why is it still happening in this day and age? And Leslie's research is pinpointing that well, and really helping from... us to understand. And let's... I think that's going to inform Sheila Fraser's review and the other reviews that are underway by the government of Canada at the moment. Yeah, well, let's get into that a little bit with, with Leslie. Leslie, so we have the federal public safety minister, Ralph Goodale, who's been in the business of politics for a long time. He's been, I think, 30 years or so. He's been a member of parliament. I think he's done a pretty reasonable job uh, as the public safety minister. Now, he's, he's, he's mandated the Sheila Fraser, the former federal auditor general, who has a history of being very direct. She's been a guest on my show many times, and you wouldn't want to cross Sheila Fraser because she'll catch you if you try. Um, so, so he's mandated Sheila Fraser to to investigate the toxic workplace. Does your research into the male-female police officer relationship suggest that even an endeavor like this is going to be successful, or is there something more fundamental that's required to begin with? Well, what I'd like to start with is that research in policing in Canada, particularly with female officers, and even more so when it comes to a qualitative style interview, which is what I do. So interviews um, of the issues from police officers' own mouths and perspectives. That's going to really help inform all of these governmental agencies and people working on things, because we don't have a lot of this research in Canada hearing from the officers directly about what their issues are, what barriers exist, what they feel the core problem is within their services, and also what seems to be working for them. And we can't discount that. We also need to look if there have been positive changes and if they feel they've been successful. 
Mm-hmm. So how toxic is the male-female environment in police services across this country, according to the officers you've spoken with? And, and you've said that you were surprised by how significant the barriers between male and female officers are, I believe. Well, I should point out for this study, all, I spoke to female officers exclusively. The right. next leg will include the officer-male perspective of, uh, as well, which is, I think, important because that kind of it was a theme that came up with the women I interviewed. Uh, they feel that the culture may be more of a problem, the sort of hyper-masculinity thing going on, that it may equally negatively affect male officers. And they really felt that I should reach out to males as well. Um, it's not that they, you know, they believe that the old boys club lives on and certainly there's gender discrimination, but some of them inquired in their interviews as to whether it was so much gender related at this point and more just a, a fundamental issue with the culture and that hyper-masculinity that doesn't accept anything outside of that identity. And so they felt that speaking with male officers as well would really highlight um, the reality of what's going on in this environment. Certainly I was, def- I was definitely taken back by the issues with some of the, uh, how toxic it was, yes. You know, there's something we need to point out here. We're not just talking about people who have a disagreement over who gets the coffee first in the morning and who has access to, you know, the the, the most favored police cruiser. We're talking about an environment where women find themselves um, bullied, harassed, abused, and we've we've talked in, in great detail with women officers about that. And I spoke with a husband and wife police officer team from the Calgary Police Service. She, after 14 years, is considering um, leaving the force because of the uh, because of the harassment that she experiences. And he's a sergeant in a different division of the uh, CPS, Calgary Police Service, and he has to deal with trying to take, you know, protect his wife. Um, and, and you hear these stories and they become... They become particularly difficult to deal with. It's not just after a while. It's not anecdotal, Leslie. There's far too many of them. So, um, what you know? What do the women most want? The ones you spoke with most want to see changed and done. What's most important? Well, uh, they didn't comment on on that um, exclusively, and I'll tell you why. Um, most of the women I spoke to felt powerless to change the culture. Um, they spoke about uh, just sort of putting their heads down and trying to get through their day-to-day work and ignoring what was going on around them because the police culture has been very successful about personally and professionally um, isolating officers who do try to push back. And I think that that's been a, a very successful movement informally on their behalf to quiet dissent. So a lot of people that I spoke with just said, you know what, I just want to get through my career. They didn't agree with what was happening, but they also felt powerless to change it. And I have to say that since this all broke, you know, this week has been, has been a media whirlwind, and I have heard now from over 60 officers nationwide wanting to participate in this next leg of the study. And I think that speaks to both men and women, and I think that speaks to the real uh, depth of the problem. Well, no question. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about uh, about this for five years on this program with RCMP officers and uh, Toya's been. What you've been on talking to me about this uh, this issue for about two years now, I think, Toya. Uh, I haven't been, but I uh, only this past year. But uh, my colleagues certainly have been on your no. show at least that long. Yes, absolutely. When you when you hear Leslie speak to the issues that she hears from uh, women police officers, this is this all really. Um, 
uh, corresponds with, with, with the concerns you've raised. 100%. Yeah. In fact, you know what I find? It's actually quite healing because it's validating, for one thing, for women to hear all of this being spoken about in the media. When you're out there going to work every day and suffering in silence and you hear about these stories from women you've never met, you think, oh, it's not just me, and it depersonalizes the situation. You start to fundamentally realize there's nothing you're doing to bring this on. It's not your fault. It is a culture, and you are helpless to fix it. And all you're doing is showing up to work. It's nothing to do with your personality, has nothing to do with your behavior, has nothing to do with your work ethic or your um, performance at work, and has everything to do with the culture, which Leslie's seeking to truly grasp and understand with her research. And I find that that's actually not just helpful to understand as a victim, but it's healing because you can stop that whole you know, process of beating yourself up, like, what could I have done to change this? What could I have done to make yeah. the outcome better for me so I wouldn't be where I am today? And, the, you know, it helps. It really helps to see this as a, a proper study and research. And I think the government really needs to pay very close attention to the results of her study and let those form, help form their decisions moving forward in terms of how do we change this culture once Leslie, and for all. How, how much interest has the federal government shown in your study? Well, uh, nothing yet, but to be fair, it was just released uh, media-wise a week ago. What I did find interesting, though, is I've only had one administrator in southwestern Ontario, well, nationwide, reach out to me. Um, well, he didn't even actually reach out to me. It was just that uh, the CBC had interviewed um, the chief of um, Waterloo, and after my interview with them, and I reached out to him on Twitter and said that I thought it was great that he was talking about this and I would like to speak with him. And uh, so far, uh, he's been the only one at uh, an administration level that's even talked about this issue publicly. Are you surprised? No. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I wish it was I. different. Neither am I. Although I did uh, read in one story that um, the spokesperson for the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police isn't surprised at your findings. No, and that was wonderful that uh, they spoke out um, because they, you know, lended credibility to what I'm finding. And, I mean, at the end of the day... We can't ignore these themes. I mean, these, these women's stories are true. No. They're from themselves, and, and they're pointing these things out. And uh, for people who maybe would argue against them, I would counter with, you know, Statistics Canada uh, shows that the numbers of police forces in Canada are still 80% predominantly white men. The numbers don't lie. You know, 12% of women are in senior management positions. That in itself is an issue. So, you know, even if you, if you want to look at the hardcore facts, so to speak, they suggest there's an issue in police forces when it comes to gender parity. Well, we're going to take a break here, and then we'll come back. But I just want to say this, Leslie and uh, Atoya, one of the issues as well is that media haven't been nearly as attentive to the issue as media should have been over the last number of years. There's been sporadic interest, but for the most part, media have been absent in pursuing what is a really significantly important issue right in front of all of us. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I'm the only one, but I'm the only one. I agree with you. It's a significant human rights issue happening in our country in a national police force, and it needs way more attention. Yeah, we'll come back with the Toya Montague and Leslie Bikos on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. For more Roy Green, visit RoyGreen.com for podcasts, blogs, highlights, and even a nice picture of Roy. Back to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Back over love, always hot underneath the covers, gonna talk to you, my daddy say. 
You know, when you talk about working in a toxic environment, a police officer, we're talking about that now, women police officers in this country, we're talking about people who are at the other end of the 911 emergency call, right? These are, these are the people who are going to show up when you need them to show up and protect you. And when there is a conflict, when there is a systemic conflict, when there is systemic abuse, when there's a toxic workplace where women officers are sexually harassed and sexually abused, and you can listen back to my uh, interview with the media director for the Canadian Mounted Police Association, or the Mounted Police Association, um, the RCMP um, Officers Association, on this show a few weeks ago. He agrees that it takes place, and he points the finger at the leadership of the RCMP. Well, Leslie Bikos is a Ph.D. candidate in sociology at Western University. Um, her study, Hero to Zero, Policing the Police, has been talked about in this country this week, and it better be talked about in next week and in weeks to come. And I'm sure that Sheila Fraser, when she issues her report, will again generate activity and, and conversation. But this goes on, and it's gone on for years and years and years. We had a story that we we talked about. Atoya was on the program about two months ago when we quoted a 1986 Canadian news story where parliamentarians were arguing with each other about sexual harassment in the RCMP. It goes beyond the RCMP, as we're finding out. Leslie, you were a police officer. What about your experience? Um, just a quick correction, Roy. So Hero to Zero was a thought piece that I wrote. It's thought an piece. essay. Okay. Uh, I took the blue pill is the study. So okay. Just for anybody who wants to look it up. No problem. Um, well, I'm going to decline to speak about my own personal experience. Um, this is not about me, and I don't want to cloud the results of the study with my personal experience. I'm just really anxious um, and hoping to get my participants' experiences out there, and um, I'm actually opening up the study now. I'm, I'm into a second leg where I am opening up the study nationwide. I would like to interview both men and women officers of all experiences, those who feel they have had positives, those who have um, issues, because I think that's really important. I want to take this the whole way. I'm dedicating my career to this. So in order sure. for us to lobby governments for policy changes and policy work, we need to take a look at what's working, what isn't working, and um, like you had pointed out earlier, what police officers themselves feel they need to have better lives on and off duty. Yeah. Well, I think you just told me a little bit about your career, but we won't pursue that. Um, now, what about women within the police forces, women who've attained a, a senior level, perhaps, uh, supporting and being there to, if I don't want to use the word protect, but but certainly be there to hear and intervene when necessary, where necessary, when 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 toxic and abusive behavior takes place. Well, um, there's there's only um, several women in the study of rank. Um, it's kind of hard to get women of rank to speak to you. Although I will note that since this opened up, um, I've had a number of women of rank email me wanting to speak about their story. So I'm really looking forward to what those results will be in the coming study. All right. um, I will say that um, there was some women of rank that felt that they were attempting to be mentors and helpful for other women underneath them. And uh, there was also women of rank in the study that talked about how they had had to assimilate into that culture and, in fact, were harder on female counterparts. And they attributed that to the pressure of conforming and that that was the only way that they could right, make I their way to, up in I the, in the jump, police culture. I have to jump in because of the clock. Sure. The goddess it does that in this business constantly. Leslie, because thank you so much for the time. Atoya, thank you. Always Thanks good talking to you. We will continue. We're, we're not going to let go, as you know. Thanks, Roy. Thank you. We really appreciate you. All the we, very best. We do. Thank you. Bye. We'll come back in a minute and tell you about the next hour. Stay with us.